right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host, Nadja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve. Well, we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters today is thursday april the 13th 2023 and we have a few cryptopians whose birthday is today and i would like to say happy birthday to leonardo porus melissa montanez and charles rush And to each one of you, I hope that today is filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness that you deserve on this day, on your birthday. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like a shout out for your birthday, please do me a favor and send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, that number is 424-317-7373. And so we are going to jump into our cryptocurrency quote for the day. There is a gentleman by the name of Winston Saracens, and that is how you pronounce that. And he stated that Bitcoin is not a currency for a government. It is a global currency for the people. And ladies and gentlemen, I always have to just Look at statements like that and remember why Bitcoin was created. It was created for us to be able to cut out the middleman and really take control of our finances. It was built for power to the people and the power is there. And I'm just really excited about that. And so today, which is Thursday, the labor markets data is out this morning. And it also suggests that the job market continues to soften with initial filings for unemployment insurance totaling about 239,000 people for the week. And um, we, we ended April 8th with the highest unemployment rate since January, 2022. Now this is no surprise Because you all know this, we've been talking about the layoffs and different things that are going to happen. And as we look at reports like this, I want each and every one of us to start to reframe our thinking and really say to yourself, what does this mean? Because, yes, it means that people are out of work. But what 
typically happens when people are out of work. Social services obviously goes up and there's nothing we can really do around the social service industry unless you have a uh, some sort of a nonprofit organization and people are going to need food and things of that sort. But I'm thinking more on the opportunity. I'm wondering what might be the opportunity in the things that we're hearing in these different reports. And so from this right here, it lets us know that a lot of people are out of work when people are out of work. And especially if they own homes, it's not going to be very long till they actually go into default, which is not a great thing. And again, we shouldn't be trying to capitalize off of people's uh, problems. However, somebody is going to buy this real estate. Somebody is going to uh, get into the business of all the things that happen when people lose jobs and things of that sort. Things that happen during the recession, after a recession. And we've got to think about how we get ourselves in place to actually absorb all the money that is flowing because money is flowing. And the initial jobless claims rose last week, but the labor market stayed tight. They expect um, it to trend higher through the rest of the year and peak at quarter four as the economy begins to emerge from a mild recession. And that's what they're calling what we're in right now, a mild recession. And I would have to agree. And so um, there's a lot of economics majors and economists that I am looking at and listening to and picking apart some of the things that they're saying. And everybody is on the same page just unfortunately usually you find people that are kind of saying I know you all are reading too much into this thing but for the most part everybody that I've been taking a look at it really confirms that we're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing and so this upcoming labor market downturn will be modest since the drop in demand will be fairly modest and the labor pool will stay relatively small. And that is what they're saying. And so um, we're going to look at some more of these items when we come forward, because this report coming out today is really important. And it'll let you know kind of the direction that we're going and what people are thinking. So when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. We have got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Najee Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Najee Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, I shared with you that this week, is going to be full of meetings that we need to be paying attention to. And one of the things on the earnings side that is going on is that investors all across America are bracing themselves for Friday morning's rush of bank earnings. So JP Morgan Chase, Citibank, and Wells Fargo are all expected to report their results of just about what they've earned and how they're doing the health of the bank, et cetera, et cetera. And all people that are traders are on their anticipatory tiptoes 
because we suspect these are going to be some of the last banks to falter. However, the regional banks and other banks have been depending on companies like our banks like JP Morgan to help a little bit with the bailout. And JP Morgan has already stated that they're not going to do anything else past what they did. I, I don't, it was millions, hundreds of millions of dollars last um, couple of weeks ago. And they just said they don't have the bandwidth to help bail everybody out. So we'll be watching for that. And then there's other quarterly results and things that are coming out. And you all uh, just kind of stay tuned. One of the things that I'm hearing is that a lot of Americans are saving and we've been talking to you about saving. I've been begging our community to not buy big box, big box items or uh, make large car purchases and things of that sort to just start saving. And so one of the things I felt really good about, even though I fly a lot of times with Delta Airlines, uh, Delta Airlines CEO came on the radio uh, on not even on the radio. Lord have mercy. He came on to one of the uh, CNBC or something of that sort. And he was just talking about the fact that a lot of people are tightening up on their travel, which is a good thing. I wish it was more of our community that was doing that. But he also said that people want a better experience. And so Delta is focused on still keeping their prices high, <laughs> but offering the best service and experience. They call it an experience. And so as consumers, we need to know all the things that they are planning for us, how they extract funds from our bank account based on what they think we want or what they make us think we need, right? And so I'm listening to him talk about this Delta experience. And I don't know if the experience has to do more with them allowing us to get two bags of peanuts instead of, uh, or some chips, sun chips at that. But uh, as opposed to some of these other airlines that just don't do anything. I don't know if that's the experience because the seats are not getting any bigger unless you're in first class or Delta Comfort or something like that. But he was speaking as if they're putting together something absolutely phenomenal to offer consumers. And so when we take a look at CEOs and different individuals talking about us and third party and what we want. We just have to know that we need to be in control of how much money we spend and um, really just paying attention. Do we really need some of the things that they're actually proposing because they're proposing it because they think they can get a little bit more money from us. And it's just really interesting now to be looking at uh, this whole entire economy from a different lens. Now, I've been a financial advisor forever looking at things and really just honestly accepting things as they are. But when you start to ask why and you start to back up and you start to kind of squint to see if what you have thought your entire life is something different than what is being offered, you start to change the way you look at things. And then uh, you just do better. And it just feels so good to be able to do better. And so uh, I just wanted to say that. But given the uncertainty and the volatility of what we see in all of these seasonal markets, um, you know, from spring break to Christmas and all these different things that they gauge 
the weakness of the market or the strength of the market based on what we spend as consumers, it really needs to key us into the fact that we hold a lot of power if we just utilized it correctly to get the things done that we need to get done. And I know that in our community, we've said that forever. We hold a lot of control. We just need to take control and really lean in to our power. And so um, I don't typically look at the stock market, but I did see that stocks rallied today, which means, you know, they were doing pretty well. And the tech leading tech was leading the charge as cryptocurrency surged again, which we'll talk about in a little bit because all these cryptocurrencies are doing okay. They're not doing great, but they're doing okay. And the S&P 500 was higher. The Dow Jones was higher. And as well as the NASDAQ composite was higher. It rose. Most of them over 1.5%. Um, I, I see, you know, pretty right in that area, about 1%. And so that's what it does. And so... I just really feel like, you know, everyone is really trying to play it safe and they're trying to figure out which direction to go in and where to stack what and what is going to be unscathed. And so as I answer a quick question for somebody who asked me what crypto exposed stock companies are out there that I would suggest. And again, I cannot provide any financial advice but I if I was going to say that I was going to get involved in a crypto exposed stock that says it all exposed because you're exposed through this company to what they're doing and so the only ones that I actually know and it's not that I would invest in them I definitely don't support Coinbase but I want to say that Coinbase is one of them And then you've got block, which is the SQ is the call letters. And then you got micro strategy. Now, if I was to do anything with any of them, it probably would be micro strategy because Michael Saylor gets it. And I'm really excited about what's going on with him and how, you know, everything is going to fare out as far as his Um, what they call exposure to Bitcoin and his hedge fund and some of the other things that he's doing. I think he's in a good position. So that is kind of the not answer (laughs) that I can give you without giving you any financial advice. But those are three of the biggest crypto exposed stocks. And uh, out of the three, I would definitely go with MicroStrategy because he gets it. And not that Coinbase doesn't get it, but Coinbase doesn't get the fact that their black employees and women need to be treated better in that workplace. So I'm still off him. So, all right. So let me just share a couple of things really quick. We're supposed to be talking about OPEC today and we're going to kind of dive into what OPEC is. But I wanted to share that today I did another piece to my puzzle and that entire puzzle looks like a hundred percent self sovereignty and I told you all I've started growing my own vegetables just a little bit just a little bit at a time I'm going slow I'm easing into it 
But I started doing my vegetables because I want to make sure that in the event there's a food supply shortage, we're able to get the things that we eat and the things we eat all the time. And so we started growing a couple of little vegetables here and there. But today, I literally bit the bullet. Now, saying that, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want everyone listening to me to think that they have to do um, this self-sovereignty thing all at once. I am doing a little bit at a time. And so what does that look like as it relates to food and water and things of that sort? And so I went on offer up. I actually purchased a couple of water barrels so I can make sure that we stare, we we store up excess water. And so we have that. And so I did that a couple of months back. And then I told you all, you know, I buy a little bit here and buy a little bit there as it relates to my emergency strategy for whatever's coming. I just want to be ready. I don't want to something to happen and then I got to go get ready. So when you're preparing, when you're preparing for some sort of catastrophe or storm or anything, earthquake, you're actually doing this before time. And so what a great time, ladies and gentlemen, um, to just really get yourself in place for no matter what happens. If nothing happens, then you're good because you have a whole bunch of non-perishable food that you could do whatever you like to do with. Um, but so today what I did was I went to the grocery store, my local grocery store, and I bought the flats of vegetables. So if on the flat there's 12 cans of corn, I think it was, I bought the 12 corn, peas, the uh, green beans, bought some pineapples, some soups, all sorts of different things that can be stored up and utilized as non-perishable goods. And it will last us a nice substantial amount of time. Now, the goal is, and what I'm saying the goal is, is based on what I've been hearing different individuals in the community talking about. And again, they're talking about six months. I know a lot of you cannot do six months. I can't do six months. That's a lot of stuff. In fact, uh, the, the canned goods and things that I bought today came to about $220. But that is something that I really need and I really know that I need it. It's more or it's better than me going out and buying a $200 purse or maybe the eyelashes and the fingernails. Because by the time you get finished with eyelashes and fingernails, it's close to $100. That's for sure. It may not be $200. But I'm just foregoing some of those things to ensure that we're good in the event that something happens. And so when we're talking about self-sovereignty, we have got to be self-sovereign in our money, in our thinking, and in our food supply and our water supply. And so just looking at those things, again, I'm doing a little bit at a time. It's nothing that you have to just jump all the way into, but you do want to buy a little bit and you do want to do it um, systematically because it hurts a little bit less when you're doing things a little bit at a time as opposed to all at once. And then it becomes a real task that you don't want to do. And so as we talk about self-sovereignty, 
prayerfully you are looking at and holding on to your Bitcoin. And um, we've just been having so many conversations wherever we go with individuals. And I will say to you that the people, the couple that was in line behind me at the store knew exactly why I had all those canned goods. She didn't ask, are you buying for a restaurant or are you? She said, oh, you're getting ready. And I said, yes. And she says, yes, my husband keeps us ready. She said, in fact, we have about three months of non-perishables stored in our basement so that in the event something happens, we will be able to get that. And so we had a, just a teeny bit of a conversation at the register. But again, those types of things happen to let me know that we're in the right place doing the right thing. And yes, it's it's a tedious task because you got to buy food for today and then you got to buy food that you may or may not need. But the beauty is, again, that you can use it at a, at a later date. It's not like if you buy this food, you'll never have to use it and you can throw it away. And if you don't want to eat it because it's been sitting in the can for a year or a year and a half after it's in your garage one of the things that we always do is just create a big, huge pot of soup or something like that to feed to the homeless. And but it's not that we don't want to eat it because I'm a firm believer that the canned goods can have some pretty good shelf life. But we do that uh, periodically. And so some of the time I rotate some of my supply out. And so today was one of those days where I said, you know what, we've got to stack up. There's nine people in my house and feeding nine people for a month without going to the store is something. But three months is almost unheard of for me. And then six months. But I consistently hear the same message, not from people that are talking, but people that are preparing and listening to other economists. So I hope that you are getting some of this information as well. And I hope that you are taking it to heart and knowing that I put my actions where my mouth is and I don't do anything and have never done anything that I am sharing with the community that I have not done for myself and my family and my community. And so I hope that you all really uh, understand that about me and what we're doing. So as we look at this cryptocurrency space, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bitcoin is, of course, crossed 30,000. And I am getting emails, text messages out of this world because people are excited. Again, people bought at 14, 15, 13 um, back when we told you that Bitcoin was on sale and I just see it going up and I'm just hoping that it just holds itself right around 30. And why is that? I'm not trying to get rich quick. I'm trying to get as much of the thing that I can under my belt. And especially since I haven't gotten my $44,000 back from PNC Bank, I want to put that $44,000 into Bitcoin and just think of what money I'm losing by the bank holding on to my funds. And every time I think about it, I just cringe because if they had given it back to me when it was 13 or 14,000, guess what? I'd have almost four Bitcoin. I'm just, you know, three. Well, I'd have three and some, some change, but you know, it's just interesting. And now if they gave it back to me, I would only have one and some change. And so 
the timing of the market is, um, you know, a lot of people say it's not the timing of the market, it's the time in the market. And so I can be patient and I know that the price is going to go back and forth. It's volatile. So I have some, I think I have some time. I hope we have some time. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward after news, traffic and sports, we'll talk about the market update and we will talk about OPEC. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We were talking about Bitcoin and where it is. We were going over the market update. And so Bitcoin right now is trading at thirty thousand two hundred and ninety six cents. It is down in the last hour, point four five percent in the last twenty four hours. It is up point five seven percent in the last eight days. It is up eight point three seven percent. I hope we get a dip again very soon. But Ethereum traded for the first time since twenty twenty two. Um, and it traded above $2,000 just a little while ago. But as I'm looking at it right now, it's $1,980 and it's down in the last hour, 0.38%. And then the last 24 hours, it's up 5.78%. And in the last, in seven days, it's up 6.14%. So Ethereum People are buying Ethereum right now because they hope to make some money off of the upgrades that are going to be happening on the Ethereum blockchain. And so that's what's going on with that. And hopefully they are successful. I am no longer a, a well, I guess I'm a recovering coinaholic, but I'm no longer a coinaholic that's running after all the different cryptocurrencies, as you all have heard, because I was good for that at one time, all the time, trying to chase a dollar and trying to make a dollar, but all at the same time, forgetting that I've created a taxable event every single time I go from cryptocurrency to cryptocurrency. And every time I go back in and buy the fees and different things. And if I had just gotten in, bought my Bitcoin cool my feet and just relaxed. I would be doing so much better than I am right now. But thanks be to the most high. He opened my eyes and let me see a lot of my, my ways in the cryptocurrency space that were incorrect. And so as we go through the charts and we're taking a look more and more, I am seeing that money is starting to come into the cryptocurrency space. How is that? We look at the market cap. The market cap right now is one billion two hundred and thirty million five hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars. And so we are our market cap is growing by almost a uh, hundred million dollars a week. It's looking like it's continuing to grow. And when I look at the dominance and remember, I told you all back sometime, I used to have my cryptocurrency portfolio looking like what the dominance is. And that means how many people hold 
what percentage of the types of coins. And right now I see that's 47.3% of everybody who is polled here or if they pulled it from the blockchain, the information, but 47.3% of the people actually uh, are holding Bitcoin and 18% of them hold Bitcoin. So it's almost double uh, how much people hold in Bitcoin as opposed to Ethereum. So again, you can do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. But we just want to share about the real decentralized coin that matters the most and uh, what it looks like. So let's get into a brief conversation about what OPEC is or who OPEC is. And you may be seeing some prices at the pump that are not looking as bad as they were, I don't know, a couple of I don't know, it was about six or seven months ago, we were up to $7 in some places in Los Angeles, $8 and something for gas. But OPEC, um, OPEC has a very brief history, I may add, as I talk about it, but in accordance with its statute, and that's the statute in OPEC, which stands for Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries. And these countries are unified under certain policies. And every member of these countries ensure the stabilization of the oil markets in order to secure an efficient economic and regular supply of petroleum to consumers, which are us. And so they work with us in mind, supposedly, even though they make billions of dollars in oil they try to make it official efficient and economic economical for us so the efficiency part is making sure that we have oil or gas when we need to move our cars and everything is going right that the barges that deliver the the goods off the coast of america uh to the different ports that they have oil and all the things that they need to make that happen. So the efficiency is good. The economic part is just because they're getting this natural thing from the ground, this natural substance from the ground. Our substance is they're able to um, really sell them at an economical price because, first of all, they have the duty to do it there. I'm not saying they're getting it free, but they are getting it for free, but they're selling it to us. So it's supposed to be economical. But when we have situations like where we are right now, where our uh, chairman, Jerome Powell, is raising the interest rates and people aren't uh, flying as much as they would normally, as you just heard me say about Delta Airlines and what the CEO was talking about, people aren't flying as much People aren't taking, you know, so many vacations. The summertime is coming up and usually people travel, right? And they need gas, whether it's train, plane, bus, whatever, you need that. And so their job is to bring that to us at prices we can afford. But with inflation up or the interest rates up, inflation's up too, um, they're getting kind of cut out of their market. And so what they've decided to do is to cut back on the amount 
of oil that they're actually allowing to be produced so that they can, in my opinion, charge us more and not have so much out there, again, supply versus demand, so that they can continue to make the moves that they make. And so at the beginning of April, OPEC plus their alliances actually voluntarily cut their production and a lot of times when they say these things you think it's for our good right but it's really for their good for their pocket they want to make sure that they do these cuts and really cut off those individuals who are doing things like betting on oil prices and doing because they're going to lose they're going to lose money those individuals that are betting on oil prices are not going to do well with the consumption cut and just some other things that happen and i know it's not a lot of people but those people who are gambling on the oil prices will be pretty hurt coming up so if you're one of those individuals that is um investing in oil by way of shorting it or uh, what they call you as a speculator. If you are a speculator in the oil game, they're saying that you need to really watch out because it looks like it's going to hurt. If you are a part of a hedge fund uh, that has a lot of position in the oil markets, this may be a good time for you to talk to your financial advisor or the person that got you involved in the hedge fund that has to do with oil to see exactly what is going on because they are cutting their consumption. If I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I am reading correctly. Um, They're cutting oil consumption almost to a third of what they usually have go come out. And so um, we just need to pay attention for those of us that are in different types of markets, doing different types of investments, because nobody's going to tell you about these things because you they say that they're going to cut oil production and you don't think it matters. But if you're looking at some of your 401k um, contributions and the fund that is there and what that fund is actually investing in, which is something that I beg some of you to do. If you have 401ks, go into the office and ask the person in human resources to get you the brochures that you need to find out exactly what is in the different funds that you're investing in. When we come forward with ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue this conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. New money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to ahead of the crypto curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward, welcome forward. I want to give all of our listeners a special treat today. So this weekend there is an event coming up. And the event is by a company called Talking Crypto. And they're having an online event that costs, but it's Mass Adoption 2023. And to all of my listeners, I would like to give you a free ticket to go online 
to mass adoption 2023 bringing crypto to the masses and this is april 15th through 16th it's an online event it is being held over in the uk originally some of us were going to go over to the uk and they decided to do it online so we're happy about that and i asked him for a couple of tickets um so that we can make sure that our listeners are um so we can make sure that our listeners have access to all the great things that are going on around this community around the diaspora uh, around cryptocurrency and bitcoin and so again talking crypto is having the mass adoption 2023 so if you would like to attend this free well it's not it's free to you as a listener of kbla talk 1584 ahead of the crypto curve you will get in free and so if you want to send me a email at ask roberts at gmail.com ask roberts i will forward you a link where you can get a free ticket using the promo code that I have so that you can attend. And so I'll be speaking on Saturday as will a young lady by the name of Kimberly Bryant. We've got DaVinci, Jeremy, Naja Roberts. We've got Matthew Gardner, David Palmer, Winfrey, uh, Kazdinki, and we've got Dexter Sims, Maurice Andrews, Oyo, Abadu, and Colin Thompson, Elaine, Matthew Aday, Mohammed Sadat, Dells Early, Naomi Metzer, Nathaniel Cole, Jordan Harry, and Miguel Bloomington, and last but not least, Rika. And these are some great individuals that you need to hear from. They have some incredible projects that they're doing in the cryptocurrency space, in the metaverse, in the metaverse, and on the blockchain. So these are some heavy hitters, and I'm happy to be a part of this event. But if you want to go to this event online for free, please send me your, uh, just send me. A, Email at Ask Naja Robertson. I'll send you the link and the um, the code for you to get in for free. And it's on Saturday from 11 a.m. I don't know the actual time based on UK. I got to make sure we got that correct. But it's 11 a.m. to it looks like close to 6 p.m. Um, that all of these discussions will be happening. And so I'm on a panel with Isaiah Jackson and Kimberly Bryan and DaVinci Jeremy. So I'm excited about that. My panel is called is the, is Bitcoin the best option for black people in America and around the world? So I'm looking forward to that. And again, that's this Saturday. So if you're interested, please send me a email now. Um, as it relates to some of the other things that we have been talking about, and I just got to really say the love poured in yesterday when I wanted to almost be in tears and say that I had to cancel my tour just for safety concerns 
for people in the cryptocurrency space, specifically me and some of the things that I am saying both online and offline and the shadow banning that happens on social media. But we're going to stay safe and we're going to play it. Um, you know, we're going to air against caution. So I won't be doing the tour. And so the love poured out. I appreciate each and every one of you that called, emailed, text message, gave a high five and said that you feel it's a great um, it was a great decision that was made because it was a hard decision. I love being in the street with my people, with my folks. I just love it. And so I can't wait to a time where I can get back and do that, but we're going to be safer than sorry. That being said, earlier this year, we had been planning a cryptocurrency cruise. And while we're talking about the cancellation of the tour because of these precarious times, I'm also going to let you know that the cruise is canceled as well because of the warning about people going to Haiti. And I don't know if they just are scaring people away from Haiti because we haven't heard much about it. But a couple of months ago, about six weeks ago, we started hearing about Americans that are being uh, kidnapped and having some issues over in Haiti. And so we decided that that shouldn't be the destination, right? Because uh, we all want to come back and we all want to be safe. And so we're going to steer away from that. But we're going to have some events that you can absolutely participate in. Do not be dismayed. We're going to make it happen and we're going to do some incredible things. In fact, I'm putting together some cryptocurrency events in California and Houston and Atlanta. So we'll be doing some things uh, where we'll see each other definitely and we'll keep you posted. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I wanted to say that each and every one of you that sent me an email for the link, you have received that link. And I just want to, I guess I got a couple seconds. I can say a shout out to Ray, Paula, Al Kalik, and MEC and Colin. I want to thank you for uh, being a part. I look forward to seeing you at the event online on Saturday. I've sent you the link. So if you need anything else, please reach out. I see you and I appreciate each and every one of you. So I'm going to go ahead and take this time to say, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue to watch very carefully the things that are going on, I have some things I'm going to share tomorrow more on the lines of what is taking place and where we need to be. Um, but we're going to continue to educate you on all things because I think everything is so interconnected right now. We need to pay attention. Um, and so with that being said, I am going to tomorrow give more of an update on where we are with some of the different operations and things that we've been talking about and making sure that everybody is at least taking the first steps 
to make sure that you are self-sovereign and that you have full control of your hard-earned money. You work for it. You deserve to keep it. And you deserve the very, very, very best. So we're going to make sure that you have that information. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here today on Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires. And that's that little smallest increment of a Bitcoin, because you can become a Satoshi Millionaire today with $300 just Talk to your local, I don't want to say your local bank, (laughs) but just talk to somebody in the cryptocurrency space. If you don't know where to buy Bitcoin, I sell Bitcoin. So just go ahead and send me an email or a text message. But we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. And that means you, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. You're listening to Nadja Robinson ahead of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Nadja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.